0: Love social media and Twitter, don't you really? It's on fire at the moment and almost every day at this stage now, grip media are trending. And why? Because Ben Scallon is asking all the right questions and pissing all the right people off. Well, we are going to talk about something that Ben was, uh, something ben was talking about the other day. That's Ireland's hate speech bill and crackdowns on online misinformation are fundamental to protect our liberal de- democratic values. That's according to the minister, Catherine Martin. But last week, she referred to the upcoming referendum and suggested, yes, uh, or that you we if you voted yes, you would be removing the idea of a woman's place being in the home. Now, of course, this was picked up by not only the media, of course, who said this was misinformation, but also the Electoral Commission that the government themselves had set up. And the sub- former Supreme Court judge, Mary Baker, who corrected her and said, no, that's misinformation. That is not the case at all. So Ben Scallon, being the intrepid reporter that he is, decided he would ask her the question again and ask her was she going to remove the, the tweet she had originally put up, quoting a woman's place is in the home, which appears nowhere in the Constitution. And this is the kind of reaction he got from Catherine Martin. We'll speak to Ben in a second.
1: Minister, on the upcoming referendum, why did you tweet that the Irish Constitution says a woman's place is in the home when the Electoral Commission, which your government set up specifically to fight misinformation, has repeatedly confirmed that that's not true? Case law of the Supreme Court is quite clear that that doesn't mean women's place is in the home. It says that the work that women do provides an important protection and tool and support to society and to the common good. Will you be deleting that tweet or otherwise correcting this error?
0: I would say for for many women the meaning, uh, you know, the actual import the interpretation of that provision is quite clear indeed it is often referred to the woman in the the woman in the home uh, provision um so uh, you know by direct inference it is uh, clear to many women how outdated it is, how offensive this provision is, and it is equivalent to implying that a woman's place is in the home. Um, modern Ireland has no place for, for that.
1: But do you, do you not accept that uh, J- Justice Murray Baker, the Supreme Court judge, who is the chair of the Electoral Commission, said in an interview in the Irish Mail on Sunday that you were incorrect about this? So she, she said that you're you're simply wrong in your interpretation of the Constitution. This is a body that your government set up to fight misinformation around electoral events like this.
0: As I said, for many women, the import is that that provision is quite clear. Indeed, as I said, it's often referred to uh, the woman in the home provision. Well, Ben Scallon joins me, our intrepid reporter for Grip Media. Ben, good afternoon to you.
1: Good afternoon. Great to talk to you.
0: I have to say I'm loving the word import. I haven't heard that word used in that context ever before. That's the import. So, uh, Marie Baker, of course, the Supreme, former Supreme Court judge and chairperson of the Electoral Commission, which they set up, says she's wrong. She believes she's right. She's not backing down. And you asked her numerous times. She has no intention of backing down on So who is right?
1: Well, I'm not a legal expert, but if I was to go with what Catherine Martin herself and her government have told us, I would have to conclude that the Electoral Commission is right. Because as you say, and as I said in the video, The Irish government set up the Electoral Commission specifically to be an authority on information relating to electoral events like referendums and elections and so on. So that if there was the scourge of so-called misinformation and disinformation being spread, that there would be a kind of an impartial body that we can all go to. Now, I personally have my reservations about the idea of this. I'm not sure that any human being is fully impartial, but that's a whole other matter. For the purposes of this conversation, the government has told us that the Electoral Commission are the be-all and end-all. If there's any disputes about what's true and what's false, you go to these people. They're the fact-checkers. They're the fact-checkers, yeah. They are the fact-checkers, and they have told her that she's wrong. And what did she do when she found out that they said she's wrong? She disregards it and says, oh, no, that's the import of it. That interpretation is widely understood. And by the way, I'll I'll let you jump in now, but very briefly, I thought it was very funny that she says, oh, it's commonly referred to as uh, the women in the home amendment. Yes, it's commonly referred to that as that mistakenly by people who don't know the Constitution. I thought the whole point of having an electoral commission was so that there's a well-educated authority, and that we don't just go with what the masses are saying because people can get things wrong. Isn't that the whole idea? Well, listen, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. Information.
0: It has. I mean, uh, since I've been on radio, and we've often talked about, you know, that part of the Constitution, and it's always been referred to as the woman's places in the home. And I suppose only until more recently, we start, it seems to start talking more seriously about it, you know, we've all clarified now that the Constitution doesn't actually say that anywhere. In fact, quite the opposite. It values women's place, and it values women's role in society. So it's completely different to what people have suggested in the past it might be. And I think that was the reason why we got to this point, because there was this preconceived notion that the Constitution actually said that, which it didn't, I think that brought us to this point of this referendum in the first place. Now, Catherine Martin is not backing down. She used this word, the word import, which I've never heard anybody use that word before, by the way. The import is, yes, in other words, the suggestion is that it's a woman's place in the home. But that's not what it says at all. So why are we in the situation with a referendum where there's so much misinformation uh, in this particular referendum? And we we know that for the first time ever because we have this body who are the fact checkers telling us about all this misinformation. And not only that, the media, I suppose, are now saying, OK, well, if you want to play the game of misinformation, we'll play the same game too. And we'll spot the lies. But the majority of lies are coming from the government.
1: Well, I think it's astonishing that about a year or so ago, I did an interview with Catherine Martin, which I think I've referred to on your show before, where I was asking her before these powers came in, before there was a misinformation regulation body, I said, would these kinds of misinformation policies apply to the mainstream media as well? So if RTE, hypothetically, was to publish something false, would that fall under the purview? Would the Irish Times hypothetically fall under the purview? And she flatly refused to answer. I asked her the same question about three or four times and she just wouldn't wouldn't say, which I think is an answer in and of itself. And now here we have a situation where a politician has fallen afoul of the misinformation regulations and she again refuses to concede that point and is insisting that she's correct. So from that perspective, that tells me that the way this was envisaged by the Minister for Media, at least, is that these rules would apply to other people. It won't apply to mainstream media (laughs) journalists. It won't apply to government politicians and government cabinet ministers. It will apply to the little people, the people who are ordinary citizens who say things that the government doesn't like effectively and that they think that they can operate with impunity and that these laws won't come back to bite them on the backside.
0: I mean, realistically, you can't be applying laws to that to your average Joe and Josephine blogs, because they interpret things differently. And they have for years and always will. And, you know, and they can't be held accountable for things that they say that might be slightly misinformed. It's up to other people, I suppose, to debate with them in a robust manner to tell them how misinformed they are, not an electoral commission. And I, like you, would have thought if you are going to bring in some sort of commission to be the fact checkers of society, well, they should be focusing all their attention on both the media and the government. Primarily, it seems at the moment, the government when it comes to immigration when it comes to everything else we're being fed a lot of stuff that's simply untrue and and this has now been really highlighted over the last month or two And I'm going to say, Ben, particularly because of yourself and Grip Media, but other media too have highlighted things that the government have said that have been incorrect. But I mean, should we just stop all this misinformation nonsense right now and just let everybody get on with the lying that we were doing for the last God knows how many decades anyway? Because wasn't it a famous minister that said in RT News one night, but that's what politicians do. They lie.
1: (laughs) Well, I think that the best in an ideal society, the best outcome that we could hope for is one in which... People, of course, are going to say false things. That's an unfortunate part of life. We don't want thing- people to misinterpret constitutional amendments. We don't want people to make factual errors. We don't want people to mislead others. But that is part of living in a society, unfortunately, that people are going to do that kind of thing. They've done it historically throughout politics. I mean, I- I've referred to this before, but think about a couple of weeks before the last general election, uh, Mihal Martin saying categorically that under no circumstances would he go into coalition with Fine Gael. And then after everybody casts their ballots and the election is done and dusted, suddenly uh, he he goes into coalition with Fine Gael, despite telling voters Mm. he would do the exact opposite. That is misinformation. And yet there was no consequences for that. So this has been a feature of politics since the dawn of time. That doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't mean I like it, but it is a fact. And so... I think they're on very dangerous ground when the political classes in general say we should set up bodies to try and regulate what the truth is and what, what's a factual statement and what's not. That, that's thin ice for them. And so if they want to go down that road, which they've insisted on doing, I think we should utilize those rules to the maximum extent and enforce it aggressively against the people who are actually purveying the falsehoods.
0: Well, Ben, it's been lovely talking to you again, and I'm sure you're going to be chatting to Catherine Martin very soon again. Although I think she'll give you what they we're now calling it the gripped face, which is as soon as they see you, that have that strange face on you. You had a very interesting I heard,
1: int- I heard somebody, I heard somebody refer to uh, their weakness being gripped a but. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I was going to talk to you about the other thing, but I think enough has been said about, of course, your press conference yesterday online to raise it again. But maybe we should change it from the grip face to the gripped walk. That'll be the new thing where they just walk away. That'll be the latest thing as well, Ben. I suppose. But listen, Ben, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on to talk to us today, Ben Scallon, Grip Media.
1: Thanks so much, Nile.
0: The multi-award-winning Nile Boylan podcast.